0: Hello, this is Pixelated Playgrounds, a gaming book club podcast discussing the art and craft of video games. I'm Brian Skersha,
1: And I'm Josh Galecki. And today, we're talking about Mosalina, developed and published by Stuffed Wombat. This game was released for PC in 2023. Now, Stuffed Wombat is, I guess, um, one of those low-key indie developers, uh, but a few people in the Boston indie circles are fans of his so with his latest game that came out Mosolina, they kind of brought it to my attention Um, they said it was a definitely an interesting game to check out and I did I liked it I made Brian come along for the ride too
0: yeah um, unwittingly at first this game was billed as an immersive sim for people who hate the perfectionism of immersive sims and I'm here to tell you it's just a game for people who hate immersive sims um. <laughs> i don't even know if i
1: didn't get any immersive sim vibes with this no. at all i mean i really haven't played a lot since deus x and we've probably done a couple since then
0: yeah this is there's no reason for that tag to be here in my opinion um this is a very interesting game like i think once i realized what it actually was and was trying to do um it it made a lot more sense and I enjoyed it a lot more but putting the words immersive sim up front on a game is extremely loaded for me and it definitely colored what I was expecting from this game in entirely the wrong way. <laughs> so No, I can see that.
1: I can see that. I read a uh, article in Game Developer talking about how uh, this developer stuffed Wombat. He didn't like a current design trend in immersive sims where you kind of have this lock and key mechanism where a upgrade or a uh, something you buy it unlocks a door or a path before and he felt like that's against the spirit of immersive sims so i think this game is his little fu to all of those games doing that
0: yeah it, it, i i definitely agree with that sentiment that like modern immersive sims very much operate more so in a lock and key system than they do with like interacting systems and like more free-form mechanics um, mm-hmm. This game is definitely full of free form mechanics, but the <laughs> immersive or simulation aspects are both completely absent. <laughs> it's, it's a simulation, sure, but it's more of like a puzzle simulation or a simulation puzzle game. I don't know. It's a physics puzzler at the bottom line, really.
1: No, I hear this, but as somebody who's up and up more on the modern immersive sims, like, isn't the lock and key thing, that just sounds like a Metroidvania to me.
0: It is. It, it very much is. Like I guess if I'm thinking of like the modern quote-unquote immersive Sims i am played, like um your Death Loops or um Prey, uh, those are probably contrasting examples actually, because uh, Death Loop is very much in that lock and key mold. Like there are very specific instances where mechanics are being employed to allow you to do something in a perfect way. Whereas Prey did you did have a little bit more latitude with how you employed your powers to solve problems mostly due to the way people abuse things like the glue gun in that game to, you know, uh, surpass what would traditionally, you know, to sequence break. I think that's kind of the bottom line with Immersive Sims is they allow you to, like, fuck with the game a little bit. And uh, this game definitely lets you do that. You can screw around with the mechanics all you want. But in terms of, like, being an immersive experience where there's, like, a world with consistent rules, I mean, oh, boy, here I, here I am talking to myself back into the fact that this is a, immersive sim it does have consistent (laughs) rules they're just weird
1: (laughs) yeah no this game is definitely weird like um it plays so differently than other games we've played before for reasons i'm sure we'll get into but the basic idea of this game is you're a in, in a mostly one screen little platformer level and you have to get the fruit and bring it back to the entrance
0: or, or knock it off the world, like uh,
1: die fruit die.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like, um, as you said, mostly one screen puzzles. You get a list of three tools with every level, and those tools are picked from a basket of maybe twenty overall tools that the developer has promised to add more to over time. And the idea, as you said, is touch or launch the fruit away and somehow make it back to the exit portal. Um, sounds simple. Uh, it turns out not to be there's always a wrinkle you can affect the platforms that make up the level you can affect the uh um the various hazards that make up the level they could be turrets they could be spikes they could be all kinds of different uh to the player (laughs) oh yeah you
1: know gun turrets spiky balls of death uh just regular platforms maybe you have to do some tricky jumps or something like that um Usually you can't just walk up and grab the fruit and come back. You have to use one of your tools in order to reach it or knock it around or something like that. And like Brian said, you have, uh, I think it's 24 tools that you start off with, um, of which you take three randomly chosen ones into a set of levels. Um and these tools can be things like this tool makes a ladder underneath you or it shoots arrows or it shoots fish. Uh just very random ones. But the I guess the thesis statement of the game is that it does not care if your random selection of tools works or not to get to the level.
0: Yeah, that that's kind of a main thing is that um the game is quote unquote aggressively random. Um and the developer himself admitted that they're not able to check if every level is beatable with any combination of tools. In fact, they are certain that they are not beatable with any combination of tools. So out of the 24 tools, uh, each set of levels you get chooses, I think, nine, and then within each level within that board, I guess we could call it, uh, calling back to old platformer parlance, um, you get three tools. So um, your game chooses a subset of nine, each level chooses from that nine a subset of three. And you have to beat it with just the three. And usually you you can, sometimes you can't. And uh, <laughs> that, you know, that just has to be okay, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's a um, a quick reset button, or a re-roll button, but, uh, that lets you do uh, move on to the next level. Yeah, what, what Brian says, there's uh, kind of ten levels in a set of levels that you're supposed to get through. And you have a subset of nine tools. You take from that twenty-four or, or however many tools you have. You ha- take that into the board, and then each time you start a new level, until you beat that level and bring the fruit back, uh, you start it over again with three random tools out of that collection of nine.
0: Yeah, and and everything is like, again, I'm calling back to the thing that I said. This wasn't is aggressively physics simulated too. So there's like gravity. There's collision physics um every tool sort of has the way it affects the world what it reminds me most of is like a 2d version of a breath of the wild shrine or a tears of the kingdom shrine if you've played uh already um but yeah it's like you have there is probably a a, a, there is in the breath of the wild or tears the kingdom shrines a designed way that you should solve the problem but there's lots of dumb-ass ways to solve the problem too. And, and <laughs> well, this game leans into the dumbass ways.
1: <laughs> that's very true. I also think that um, you don't even know if you have the tools for the designed way to do things here. I think the game is very purposeful in saying, I don't care if you do have them or not. Maybe mm-hmm. you can't beat this level with what you're bringing into it here. Sure, try again over there. And that to me is the most interesting thing about the game. Is like, um, I think what I, I mentioned this when we were talking about this game, and you first tried it out, didn't like it because you were thinking it was the immersive sim. But to <laughs> me, it was like um, you play like an Assassin's Creed, and or you play uh, Tears of the Kingdom, and you go into a enemy fort, um, or you're playing Elden Ring, and you're up against a boss. Um, you know that you have the tools to beat that boss or that fort or something. Maybe you don't have them right now and maybe you're not supposed to do it right now, but like that is an experience designed for you to uh, overcome. It's, it's a mountain that you should be able to climb. And that's kind of like the promise that the game gives you. And Mussolini is so interesting because it does not give you that promise. And I thought I would hate that. Um, Because I thought it would be like, oh, why am I even playing this when I don't know if I could win? But I found what it did was it really encouraged a sense of experimentation and a sense of play about it. Because I didn't know if I could win, but, you know, uh, I might if I can, like, shoot the fish at the spiky thing as it's swinging back over and jump off the fish and grab the fruit or something like that.
0: And, and what I kind of started to enjoy about this, and I totally agree with what you just said there, is at first it just pissed me off because, I one, I didn't understand how the play space worked, and two, I thought, like, well, what's the point of this if, like, sometimes it's just going to be insurmountable, like, broken game, quote-unquote. Um, and the answer is, like, the, the play space is a little more elegantly designed than that. Um, we mentioned the sort of ten worlds, and subset of nine tools and subset of three within that you're given and each of those tools that you get in every level have a limited amount of uses but the the, the interesting thing is if you fail a level it doesn't like drop off the board and you never see it again you get to come back to it once you've, you know, circled through the the number of boards in your, your level, right? So you have quote-unquote infinite lives in this. You just have to make it through those 10 levels with the, the nine tools you get at your disposal one way or another at some point in some combination sometime. So, you know, you knock off the early easy ones that work well with your tools pretty quickly, and then all of a sudden you're left with like one or two that like really are just not set up for the tools you have, and you're finding yourself like contorting the various tools that you're getting in your toolbox with each run to see if you can somehow force a solution out of this gobbledygook that the game has given you. And that's where it kind of gets fun, uh weirdly. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed that sort of like trying to jam the square peg in the round hole or the fish into the, you know cylinder shaped hole or whatever and what have you
1: <laughs> oh no for sure that's how it happens yeah because these tools you have are really interesting tools that kind of change things up a lot you only have limited uses of them but as you're playing and you you know you do those earlier levels you kind of see the interactions of you know any given three of these nine tools so it kind of gives you some ideas for some of those harder levels or rather levels that weren't designed with your current tool set in mind.
0: Yeah, and, and just to give some like an idea of some of the the tools that we have here, like I'll, I'll name off a few favorites and least favorites of mine. Like you have an anti gravity field, that is an easy favorite of mine. Whenever you get the anti gravity field, you can you know put platforms in it. You could put other uh, created items in it. You could put yourself in it and just launch yourself up. Um, those that's always useful. Bombs of any sort, always useful. Introduce some chaos into the the world. Bomb um, jump. Yeah. Bomb jump. Always a good thing. And likewise, really predictable ones are helpful for me. Like the one that just creates like five or six squares and you can put it underneath you and create like a tower or <laughs> you know, a platform or a bridge. Always helpful. Um, boxes are the
1: unsung hero of this game.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, the ones that I didn't like were the ones that clearly required a lot more understanding of the the mechanics, like the, the camera that makes things stop in their tracks. Um, just required too much planning for me i wasn't here for the brain power to to make good use of that one for the most part
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh for sure and as much as i love the humor of the fish gun i never found a use for it
0: (laughs) it's useful i found a couple and it was mostly just to like smack fruit out of the way and into the edge of the screen and stuff like that um but yeah to your point there are definitely some that are more useful than others quote unquote although i'm sure there's uh, experts of this game that would argue that they all have their own niche. If you're out there as an expert of Mussolina, um one, good for you. But uh, <laughs> two, what, what what are we doing exactly here?
1: <laughs> yeah, as Brian said, there's um, some of the other tools. I remember the teleport gun, which would um, teleport you to past the, right past the first obstacle. It exited. Which was a weird thing, but it would kind of shoot up or down a little bit. Um, so you could move around if you knew how to aim that and move around yourself with it. It could kind of get you places. Um, but yeah, really interesting things. And The levels, you know, they all have these obstacles. Um, sometimes moving, sometimes things are... There's like the um, the half-built bridge level where the bridge falls down if you don't like... Um, if you aren't able to get to the fruit in time and things like that. So interesting ways to kind of little playgrounds for you to play around with and see if you can kind of, like, create some weird Rube Goldberg machine that gets you that fruit.
0: Yeah, or knocks that fruit away. Um, <clears throat> yeah, because I always I always forget that that's the other solution, right? Like, you don't have to grab it. You don't have to get your character over to it. You just have to, like, smack it in such a way that it goes off the screen or off the top or off, down through the bottom. It just... Um, I like that they give you that extra out in terms of reaching the the end state but um you have to keep your mind flexible in terms of how you're going to solve the problem otherwise you'll just forget about it.
1: Hmm, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough.
0: So when I was playing this game, I know, you know, they they keep calling back to immersive sims and that this game is sort of a a situation where you know, they didn't like the current design ethos and so they decided to make something that was aggressively anti that but it didn't remind me of immersive sims at all when i played it what it reminded me of is uh physics heavy flash games like um crayon physics or cut the rope or scribble knots or something like that you know
1: Mm, mm -hmm. yeah it did kind of have that flavor to it um i actually know that the uh, physics engine was based in is box 2d which is a really good 2d platformer there um, but definitely has its own kind of I guess quirks sometimes and I think this developer really leaned into those oh, yeah. instead of trying to shy away from them
0: no it, it's definitely true like the, the jump is floaty the ability to sort of like Um, Skyrim horse jump your way up a inclined slope is definitely present here and I think it's for the best right like giving the player a little bit of leniency with regards to how the physics react to what they're trying to do like this is not a game that's meant to be precise right you need to have a little wiggle room uh, because the game's already kind of stacked against you in terms Mm -hmm. of not always providing you with the tools necessary for the task at hand so the more you can fudge your way into a solution the better in my opinion (laughs)
1: <laughs> and I think the physics system plays well into that like um it's a fudgeable physics system. You get used to the I'm gonna call it the feel of it, and then you can really start taking advantage and do your horse jumps and whatnot.
0: yeah, yeah the the biggest horse jumpy item from my perspective is the uh the tentacle like the the pink tentacle that you can shoot out and it sort of like flops around. you can oh I never pick- got that one. Oh yeah, you can like climb up at like a ladder if you like are persistent enough, but um, huh. it's uh, definitely the most fudgeable of the uh, the tools that I played with.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And that for that reason, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's an interesting like counterpoint to this game that I wanted to get your thoughts on because like one of the more polished versions of what this game's doing with regards to physics could be a comparison to something like Outer Wilds right? That is also a game with like, quote unquote, janky-ish physics um, that are being employed to a much different end. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps that could be called an immersive sim, quote unquote, in uh, in similar parlance. But uh, what do you think about that comparison? Am I, am I completely off base here or no?
1: Uh, sounds unexpected to me. Uh, <laughs> but when I played Outer Wilds, I re- don't remember the...
0: You didn't fight with the physics in Outer Wilds? Man, I must just suck at that game.
1: (laughs) I crashed into planets all the time. Oh, but I do remember what you're talking about, the uh, sun station. You died at that a lot, I remember. Yeah, And 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 I I remember making that jump on the first time and trying to offer you advice on it, too. But I felt (laughs) a little bad because I didn't see where the issue was. Uh, But you did get past that eventually. That's good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> like that. well that is one example in this this game like there's nothing consistent to like um, brace against right like that I was at least going up against the same problem every time in um, <laughs> in the sun station in Outer Wilds uh, here I, I am not so um, perhaps this is my greatest weakness is being unable to physics? immediately grok arcane <laughs> physics I'm pretty good with physics just not these <laughs> ones <laughs> gravity man yeah, gravity is harsh gravity. I think when I finally realized that I just needed to, like, take the game at face value rather than, like, project any expectations of what a normal game might have you expect with regards to what it's putting on offer, uh, was when I started to actually enjoy it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it plays so differently... Than other games out there again, cause other games are setting you a challenge, and the fun of it is overcoming that challenge. Um, but it's because this game sets you a challenge and doesn't. It's because it doesn't care whether you can do it or not, whether it's winnable. It kind of like um, it just opens up that sandbox feeling for me. Like um, this is the uh, f around and find out kind of game.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more f around than find out. Usually, you're not finding out, um, or you're <laughs> usually you're...
1: finding out is like, nope, not with this set of tools, not like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but to, to that end, like finding out is kind. Of, maybe you do find out, and and usually it's hilarious. Like there are, in in a similar way that I found that like getting absolutely destroyed by an enemy in your Dark Souls or Elden Rings or something like that is gen- usually pretty funny. This game is also very funny in the ways that you can lose. <laughs> um, like just shooting something and immediately having like the uh, the bouncy mushroom that it that you shot ricochet back and bounce you immediately off the level, or oh, um, love the bouncy <laughs> mushroom, yeah. Or you like shoot a bomb at a spiky platform and the platform careens immediately into your character's face. Uh, <laughs> you know, like there, there's lots of instances where you can just have something go horribly wrong unexpectedly and you know it's you're immediately done but it doesn't matter and that's the most beautiful thing about this game is you immediately restart new set of tools new level or you know um if you're down to the last level in your board uh same level different tools at least you get a new perspective and a new way to look at the problem i like that about this game quick restarts always make dying uh frequently feel better
1: yeah, this game definitely has that goofy physics feel, um, is how I kinda of think about it, which it's it is kind of old school in how it how it works or how it feels, but uh it does play well with what the game was going for.
0: You know what it is? It's not an immersive sim, it's an immersive splatformer. <laughs>
1: oh man, I haven't heard that term for a while, the splatformer. Yep, you do die a lot. Checks out.
0: Um, anyway, that's my two-word review: immersive splatformer. <laughs> um. <laughs> An
1: immersive splatformer.
0: Ah, there we go, done and done. Um, but yeah, uh, one final sort of structural thing that I want to point out um, from my perspective is uh, that the last level in any given board that you get of, of nine level or of ten levels is a quote-unquote boss level. Um, And what it does is it takes the last level that you have and blows it out into like a three screen length level instead of just a one. And usually there's like five fruits you have to collect or destroy rather than just two. And um, that uh, totally changes the game. Um, Usually that'll take a good amount of tries and retries. But the nice thing they do in those boss levels is they add item blocks where you can uh, swap in three other items throughout the course of your trials and travails.
1: Yeah, definitely an interesting change in mechanics. I never beat one.
0: Really? Oh man. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I you know, it.
1: I've I've really only gone through three runs of this, of this <laughs> game. So, I've got to say that I uh, wasn't finding the RNG to be friendly on those.
0: <laughs> I uh, to be fair, I didn't either. But. Uh... <laughs> Uh, the couple that I got to, I, I did eventually figure out ways through, and it took longer than I, I thought it might, but it was it was interesting. I liked, I liked the sort of iteration on the mechanic that the boss levels offered, and I was playing this right up until then, you know, last night, the night before we record this podcast, and so they may have refined those since you you played them, because I know this game is in extremely active development right now, as we mm-hmm. talk about it in uh, late November.
1: A uh, fairly new game, too. Like, what did this come out? Uh, a month ago? Two months ago?
0: Uh, it came out, yeah, October 17th of 2023. So we're talking about it a little over a month after its launch. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, definitely still very active development. So by the time this podcast comes out, this will be old news. The game probably won't look remotely the same as what we're talking about right now. Oh, well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I am fine playing the newborn parent card right here Just saying that <laughs> I would have played more if not for the... Small infant, I was keeping alive.
0: Yeah, congratulations! Uh, for, thank you, thank you. But uh, yes, very exciting times in the like lucky household.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, but those boss levels were an interesting like twist in the sort of mechanical kind of thing. Um, two things that I th- uh, want to point out about that: first, yeah, it does kind of change the formula up. You now have item blocks; they're larger levels. Um, it doesn't. It also doesn't. Um, Make them linear. You don't have to get these fruit in a certain order. And depending on the tools you have or the tools you find along the way, you might not want to get the closest fruit first. You might want to try something else. So it introduces this um, navigation where previously there really wasn't any. You show up, here's some obstacles, and here's the fruit.
0: That's exactly how I, I would characterize the way that I worked myself through that Um the the boss levels that I did successfully navigate was, you know, I tried one way and I was like, well, that's a dead end. Clearly I have to go about this uh, the other way and go from the left side fruits first and then the right side. And uh, yeah, that, that kind of unlocks it. It's like, all right, well, I have this tool, that tool, and then I could swap out once I get these two fruits and then tackle the other side. And you know, it's, it's interesting. Like I really think it like forced you to consider all of the options within your play space um, not to say that the the one-screen levels didn't, but you could just grok them a lot more quickly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, whether or not you're keeping all the right factors in mind, even on those single-screen levels, is an entirely other question. Usually I wasn't. Spoiler.
1: <laughs> Usually you die quickly, you reroll quickly, and you try a new hilarious thing.
0: Yeah, and it, it's a fun game to just sort of, you know, Let the time melt away and uh, a chill evening with. It's not, uh, to my mind, this isn't like a game that, despite the fact that it is a a quote unquote puzzler from, or perhaps a splatformer from my uh, definitions, um, I don't think it's one that you're meant to think too hard about, you know?
1: No, no. At at the same time, though, I always found that I played this game for like another three or four dozen deaths (laughs) than I thought I would. (laughs) Trying to get that last boss level finished.
0: Yeah. No, I'm kind of with you. Like, once you get into a little bit of a groove with it, it does kind of become a little bit of a compulsive, you know, one more try game. Um, Mm -hmm. Which I'm finding myself say more and more about games. And maybe it's just um, me wanting to play more games and not having the time to do so. (laughs) (laughs) That's neither here nor there.
1: (laughs) Hmm. The other thing I'll point out about the boss level, are, I'm not 100% sure on this, but the uh, few that I came across, they all seemed to be expanded versions of the level I hadn't beaten yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Was that yep. the case for you? Yes, that is the case. I think that's kind of by design. Is um, There's boss level expansions for most, if not all of the levels. I'm not sure if there, it's, there's necessarily one for all of the levels, but... Um, that was the case for all of the boss levels that I ran into is, uh, they would take a level that I did not yet beat. And then all of a sudden it would, you know, build it out for two more screens one on either side.
1: Yeah. This, this seemed to me like the most aggressive part about the game. It wasn't the randomness. It was the game saying, Oh, LOL, here's the level you haven't beaten out of all 10, despite <laughs> dying on there a bunch of times, have some more of it.
0: Yeah, now, now we're going to make it harder for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like, and, you know, we played one other game that sort of did a rug pull like this recently, Starseed Pilgrim. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I do think this is kinder than Starseed Pilgrim, um, but mostly because there's not that, like, sort of, creeping never-ending progression like onion peeling of it it's more just like here's what's on the page and the uh, the final gut punch is somewhat harder than the gut punches it's been throwing it at you so far um mm-hmm. so yeah kinder to my mind but um
1: oh i not- agree with that
0: yeah um speaking of the way this game feels a little kinder it's uh got a pretty chill soundtrack like there's just sort of some lo-fi beats hanging out in the background and um, the sound effects are also sort of, like, lo-fi crunches and beeps and boops. Like, it's a, it's not a hard game to listen to, um, which helps because you're going to be listening to it a lot and in very repetitive fashion throughout all the various deaths <laughs> and retryings. So there's mm-hmm. that going for it, too. You know, it is a, a kind game on the ears.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a chill game for all the platforming you do. Like, I think... Um, you're not
0: white-knuckling this game, right?
1: No, it's not like Super Meat Boy... Or the disc or something like a disc room. Um, yeah. where it's like, oh, I'm almost at the end. Uh!
0: <laughs> um,
1: you maybe you do have those moments of tension in this game, but when you do, it's completely accidentally. Like yeah. it wasn't meant to be like that. It wasn't designed to be like that. It's just like, oh, my leaning tower of boxes and fish is tipping over, and oh, it's going the wrong way. Oh no! And then you yep. die again. And you start over.
0: But you're smiling the whole time. You're not like throwing it or breaking a controller. Yeah, it's not
1: like frustration because you aren't meeting the challenge it sets out for you. It's like, lol, that was kind of crazy. That I could do that, and that that happened. And let's see what happens next time.
0: Yeah, can't wait to see what happens next time. I think that's a a good way to put it. Alright, with that, let's stack up our box of thoughts and go for some three-word reviews. My three-word review is Relax and Resolve. Mosolina is a game that is aggressively indifferent to the player, and if you try to fit it into the box of what a typical video game offers, you will likely be disappointed. I almost noped out on podcasting on this game immediately because I did not understand what it actually was. In order to do so, I just had to relax and accept the game for what was on the page. A random set of tools, deployed in a random level, to be experimented with randomly. As such, I would not recommend Mosolina to just anyone. You have to be okay with frequent failure to reach your goal or the inability to reach said goal at all. In short, you simply need to relax and absorb what the game throws at you, and then do your best to resolve the situation with the tools available. It has no story, no plot, or even really much of a structure to speak of. Uh, it's confusing and chaotic and, as I said before, completely indifferent to the player. But if you can get past that and just relax with its oddball setup and slapstick happenstance conclusions, you'll find yourself resolving situations that previously seemed insurmountable. Or not. And that's okay, too. Moselina highlights one of the best things about indie games and their creators. If you don't like what's currently on offer in, say, Immersive Sims, you can opt to create your own version, commentary, or rebuttal. Rather than <laughs> getting angry online, you can relax and resolve to show folks what else is possible. Mossolina gets two frogs up from me. <laughs>
1: very nice, very nice. All right, my three-word review for Moselina is Spirit of Play. Mosolina is one of those rare games that isn't just a game on its own, but it's also an argument about games and about play. It challenges one of the fundamental tenets of modern video games, that is that they should be beatable. Any triple A or indie game that you pick up is crafting you a challenge to overcome and giving you the tools to beat it. Whether the game has a gentle and forgiving nature like Mario Wonder or a punishing difficulty curve like Dark Souls or Dwarf Fortress, you are still playing the game by measuring yourself against the challenge set for you. Mussolina is different. Doesn't care. It gives you a challenge and a set of tools, but that combination is purposefully not designed to be sufficient for victory. It gives the game a more true spirit of play. Not knowing if a particular level is winnable, you mess around. Try weird things. And if you can get the goofy physics system to fall your way, sometimes literally, uh, you get success. (laughs) Mussolina is weird and worth checking out. It's not one of the most entertaining games of 2023, but it is one of the most interesting.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And with that, we'd like to say thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share it with folks you think might enjoy it as well. And if you want to get in touch, drop us a note at pixelatedplaygrounds at gmail.com or contact us on x slash Twitter at pixelplaypod. Or you could contact me on Blue Sky uh, at my name. And for us here at Pixelated Playgrounds, I'm Brian Skersha. I'm Josh Galecki. Take care, and keep on randomizing.
1: So one of the things you mentioned at the end about uh, the game being like a reaction Mm -hmm. to immersive sim designs, Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of funny in game design circles like how often... Somebody doesn't like a game, and they're like, "I'm going to do that game better." Or like, different, uh, or different. <laughs> yeah, my famous example for this is um, Skyrim. Launched a thousand potion and alchemy games because yes. people are like, "Oh no, no, this this could be so much better."
0: Yeah, that, that's a great point, and I totally <clears throat> like that. That was the reason I put that in in at the end. Like at the top, we said this game was the developer sort of creating an immersive sim because they didn't like what was on offer with immersive sims. And I think more so than creating their own immersive sim, what they did was create a rebuttal to immersive sims, right? (laughs) They were like, yeah, in, in real life, like you don't always get the tools to solve the problems at hand. You need to, um, build them or they're not just going to be at your beck and call, so to speak. And I think Mm -hmm. that's an interesting thing that this game is saying in its own sort of commentary slash rebuttal way is, um, you're not always going to have, uh, the lock, or the key for the lock that's in front of you.
1: Sometimes you gotta jimmy rig together like some paper clips or something like that. I kind of, I played some of Deathloop, I didn't get in uh, too far into it, maybe a few hours. Um, so I kind of see what you're going out with that, and it's like the way he even designs the levels, it's one screen, it's one problem or obstacle to get over, and you have some tools to get over them. Like, um, it's not like, oh, I'm going with a stealth build, or oh, I'm going with a, um, a guns blazing build, or something like that. Like, you don't have this way you're playing and approaching every problem. You have to... You don't have multiple paths to take. You can, like, sneak around if you pick the lock here, or you can hack into the computer and take route C uh, going underneath through the vents. Like, there's no multiple routes to get to an objective. Um, There's just an obstacle, a situation, and here's a bunch of tools.
0: Yes, and I would say, like... You, you brought up death loop and i brought that one up very specifically because i think this game is like the polar opposite of death loop um in in regards of like if you can call both immersive sims at all which again i, I take issue with um you know genres a fickle thing either way but death loop is very much focused on you figuring out the exact way to get through the situation that is in front of you right like the whole point of death loop is to craft the perfect loop um And there is no such thing in Mussolini. Like, no two (laughs) loops are even going to be the same, um, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the brilliance of it. Whereas Deathloop, the whole point is every loop is the same. You just need to, like, um, groundhog day your way into the perfect possible run of it. Um, And, yeah, as I said, that's kind of, like, the antithesis of what Mussolini has on offer, which is the if this would be like if Bill Murray woke up on a different planet every day. Um,
1: (laughs) and, And there's some,
0: like, interesting thing that, that has to it as well. Because what you're not honing in um, fucked up Groundhog Day that I just described is the mastery of the world at hand. What you're you're honing is your ability to adapt to a variety of situations, which is interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, if we're going to call both of those immersive sins, it does seem they're polar opposites there. Um, One is figuring out, unlocking the puzzle, uh, figuring out what you need to do. The other is what can I make out of, you know, this uh, broken bottle and a yardstick and a pogo stick? You know, it's, um, you got to figure out what you're doing.
0: Yeah, it's asking you to do all of Deathloop on the first try. Um, <laughs> and, and no one's going to do that.
1: <laughs> well, I died a lot in this game too, so
0: that works. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs>